Hello and welcome to the Mental Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Knapp, a mindset coach empowering you to tune into the potential of your subconscious mind. With over four years of preventative care advocacy, I hold massive space for my clients and you, my audience. On this podcast, you will find powerful stories, interviews, tips, and techniques that you can put into action in your day-to-day life right away. I am a certified master NLP, EFT, and hypnosis practitioner and founder of Mental Wealth and Wellness, a coaching and online course wellness platform based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I am so excited to open the doors to my world and share everything I have learned through my personal journey from a mental health diagnosis to a mentally wealthy mindset. I can't wait to guide you through today's episode. Now, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mental Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm so excited to have you back. I know I have been MIA for a couple of weeks. I took a trip with my mom to Hawaii and lost my voice for a while before that and I've been really eager to get back in touch with you guys and I'm so grateful because right before... I dropped off the face of the earth in the podcast world. We hit our first 1,000 downloads, and I am just so excited to be building and growing this platform. So if you like what you hear today, please subscribe, leave a review, give a rating, and send it to someone that you think also needs to hear it. I want to continue to build this platform and make sure it reaches the people that will deeply resonate with it. So in the episode today, I have my friend Melissa on, who is a holistic nutritionist, NLP practitioner, and combines a spiritual practice into her work. And this is a really honest and raw episode about food, and I share a few things that I have never shared publicly before. And we recorded this on Friday, it's now Sunday, and I've already had some really big shifts since then um, and big wake-up calls. So I hope that you get wake-up calls too uh, and resonate with the information and that you're listening to it if it needs to reach you. So I can't think of a better time for this to go live as we head into spring and people are kind of coming out of their winter comas if you live somewhere cold. Um, It's right on time. So stay tuned. Uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to um, say about this and what you think about this. It's part one of two. We're going to go deeper uh, into this. We couldn't fit it all in one episode at all. So um, reach out, let us know if you loved part one, and let us know what you want us to cover in part two. If you have specific questions, we are going to be taking that. So get ready to have your mind blown. Please enjoy this episode and I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm really excited to have today's guest on the podcast. With me is my friend Melissa, who I met inside of an incredible container, Scrim Free Sales Masters, earlier Um, like in the fall, like early winter, a few months ago. And we've been connected ever since. And I've been so excited to watch Melissa's journey as she connects holistic nutrition to her NLP practice. And uh, you know, if you've been hanging around this podcast for a while, I am also an NLP practitioner and love to talk with other folks who are all about NLP. So I'm really, really happy you're here today, Melissa, to talk about like the bridge between NLP and nutrition and like educate us all on a topic that we haven't yet dived into, dove into on this podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for the intro. Of course. I can't wait to learn from you and ask you so many questions. (laughs) I'll hand it over to you. Can you give us an intro about who you are, where you live, and 
what you currently do. I live in Kitchener now, um, born and raised in Toronto, Ontario. So I live in Kitchener, Ontario now. And what I do is I'm just working part-time at a job in the evening and actually trying to just let things flow in terms of my practice because I feel like for a long time I was really forcing things mm -hmm. and just thinking that, oh, I'm a nutritionist now. I see people one-on-one. -on -one. I can do like, you know, online, like, Zoom, Skype calls, WhatsApp, like Voxer, whatever, and support my clients and have like this online clinic and use full script to give them the supplements they need, blah, 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 this stuff. I was like, just thinking that, oh, I can do this just because this is what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was just really pushing where maybe I thought was my human purpose, like my superimposed purpose without turning into what my like my spirit, my intuition was telling me to do. I was just doing it because I thought mm -hmm. that I was supposed to do based on what other people are doing. So yeah. really just like taking a step back during the day and really deepening like my own spiritual practice right now um, and taking care of myself and just seeing where things go um, and really tuning into that and writing down the messages that I get and everything. So I'm not really, I'm, I'm not seeing anyone right now. Like I'm not doing anything on that. Side, I'm just working and kind of seeing where the universe, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, where it pushes me next. Amazing. Um, but you're yeah. doing such an incredible job of sharing everything that you're learning and all these connections you're making, like following you on Instagram oh. is an educational experience. I'm glad that someone, someone's benefiting from it. That's good. Yes. You're, you're meant to receive it. I'm hoping that whoever listens to this episode, like whoever is meant to receive the message, will receive um, the message. So, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. And I already know that some people in this audience, like, don't know they might need this message yet. But. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be good. So I would love to dive into the three questions I ask my guests on every episode. Is that all right with you if we dive into that? Yep. Okay, perfect. So first one is, what is the most recent thing that you have manifested? Um, this question, so like I, I saw your, your questions and before when we were going to schedule the recording of this podcast, I would have answered it completely differently than I'm going to answer it now. Okay. So it just goes to show how kind of timing is everything, right? Mm -hmm. And manifestation with the, the way, the way society thinks about that right now, um, is kind of this is kind of a tricky question to answer because when I am deepening my spiritual practice and reading uh, the certain books that I'm reading, manifestation is like it's it doesn't really happen. Like I'm not making things come to me. I am just getting in touch with that flow of, of the source energy of like God energy of like Buddha, like whatever you want to call it. I'm getting in touch and becoming that so I'm not manifesting everything because everything already is it is the way it is so things are going to come to me because they are laid out for me already and I have to kind of let go of this humanhood idea that I'm making things happen but really things are like coming through me in a more spiritual sense so like I'm not like sure how to answer that question because I, I don't know if a lot of people are going to understand my answer. <laughs> well, I think you laid a good foundation there. Maybe for context, can you share like how you would have, well, how you would, or like what has happened? Because that was what, like two weeks ago? Like that's mm -hmm. powerful to be able to recognize even mm -hmm. or talk about like the, the, what you said, the amount of time that things or how quickly things can evolve because two weeks ago I was super sick and had to cancel didn't have a voice and we trusted in divine timing that we would be able to record this episode so I feel like yeah 
answer it however you want to answer it and whoever needs to hear it is going to hear it and receive it yeah so do you want did you want to know like what I was going to say before if you don't if you don't mind yeah I'm curious so I was going to say my dog because I had to put down my previous like my first pet in 2018 yes 2018 and then for a while I thought that I would be emotionally like just a complete wreck come his um come his death anniversary which was December 21st so now it's 2020 so this is 2019 where I really want like I had my dream board I had a dog on it I had all this stuff on it and that was the most recent like the biggest thing that I recognized like hey like this came into my life when really um like the way I look at it now is that I made room for it first. Mm. So I didn't get something to come to me. It was because I opened that channel mm. and demonstrated that from within myself. And that's the demonstration of your supply. That's the demonstration of abundance. It's not what you get. It's when you're able to give it. Mm. So that's why I would have answered this question completely differently because it's like, I'm not really manifesting anything things just come through me because I'm aligning myself with that which I came from which is like source energy God whatever you want to call it yes um so that's a different answer like completely different answer from like two weeks ago no and thank you so much for sharing that because I think that gives insight into um like manifestation is a definite buzzword right now and to look at it as that like you you said it so beautifully of like making that room getting an alignment and uh I I couldn't agree more like I really what's going on for me is I'm remembering an episode of um Brooke Alexander's podcast where she did like the blue hair experiment where she was really skeptical of all the manifestation stuff and she like broke it down to talk about like turning it into an experiment so maybe not so spiritual but more like scientific being like okay does this really work and was just saying I like the affirmation of like I see people with blue hair all the time and then you can even tie in like the subconscious to that because naturally like what she was seeking she saw more of and it was like the blue hair was always there right like if you do an experiment like this like people with blue hair was always there she just wasn't noticing them or in tune or in alignment whatever word that you want to use um so I just thought like the way you described that was such a beautiful like kind of uh different angle at it from what was that memory that was triggered from Brooke's podcast so uh I just wanted to share that but I I'm grateful that like we had that gap and that you shared that answer instead because it's it puts a lot of pressure on you to think that like you're the one creating it and you have to like do everything perfectly and all this stuff like and that's why people like give up or throw up their hands and be like this isn't working for me so then they then subconsciously think that there's something wrong with them or they're bad they're not doing it right which they're not right but really it has to come from a change within our own consciousness because there will be no change in our outer experience if there doesn't cause a change from within ourselves so that's why it's like well I'm not really changing my outer world like it comes through me not Mm -hmm. comes to me Mm -hmm. very Mm -hmm. distinct kind of difference and it's just like manifestation and and all this like like you said it's a buzzword it's a buzzword nowadays Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm just like whoa people like pump your brakes like chill for a second just think about like what you're really saying Mm -hmm. Mm thank you I love that and that that's like that's really good and makes me think about like how like how to detach from that that buzzword more and break it down so that it takes that responsibility or that pressure away so who I needed your answer thank you <laughs> um okay that leads me into the next question which is um what area of your life do you feel the most abundant? Hmm. I'd say awareness right now, for sure, because within uh, being able to kind of take a step back and really evaluate and let things um, 
develop on a more spiritual level has enabled me to increase more awareness because when you have awareness you're able to make different choices and to be able to recognize different parts of yourself that you are subconsciously like holding on to or blaming yourself for or uh, like for for fear or or anger anything like that so I was definitely creating more awareness lately especially especially through um, what I call contact meditation and um journaling because if you don't if you don't have the awareness you're not able to make that choice like make different choices when you're trying to be healthier if you don't have the awareness <clears throat> excuse me that the choice is there you're not going to make it right <clears throat> creating awareness is definitely very abundant right now and again it comes from within me it doesn't come from like my outer world experience it it's coming from within me because i'm making that change by aligning myself with that which i came from and can you share what compact meditation is? It's contact meditation. Oh, contact. I like contact. Contact. contact meditation. So this is something that my um, spiritual mentor has alluded to, and he guided me to read a series of books. And in these books, I found another series of books um, that speak about this type of meditation. And basically, you have to be able to quiet your mind not to complete silence per se but like in a way yes in a way no but you need to quiet it enough that you can get a glimpse of your true essence like where you came from and where we came from was this basically like energy field and what, whichever way you want to slice it like god buddha like allah like whoever you want to Put a, put a label on it like we, we came from this kind of energy field this source this essence you know whatever you want to call it um and contact meditation is being able to feel that within yourself because you are extension of that and just by that definition you then have infinite potential to do basically whatever thoughts are coming in your mind mm -hmm. so being able to get in contact with that enables me to slough off the superimposed counterfeits of humanhood as my mm. mentor says so you can slough off everything like the worry the the anger um the the things from your past that you're holding on to and getting in touch through the contact meditation literally just sitting there and feeling that feeling that where that is present in your body and maybe where it's not present in your body um and being able to create awareness from that and ask yourself like guide me now because you are really having a human uh, uh sorry an extension of the spiritual like entity essence whatever you want to call it again um as a human experience so this human body is asking your essence that which you came from to to guide you and that's that's what i do in contact meditation is to constantly get in contact with that because I've noticed it has provided me with, with many things um, and to help alleviate a lot of my health issues just by creating aware, awareness of that fact that I am extension of the mm -hmm. power that created like all these things in the world. Like that is still me. Mm -hmm. So by that definition, I can, I can do and create and, and have like infinite possibilities. So contact meditation has been something that I really wanted to focus on because it fills me up with like with love, with happiness. And I feel very happy doing it. And when I don't do it, I feel deprived. And I feel like that humanhood is kind of taking over again. And these like egocentric, meaningless things. And it's like, I want that power to flow through me. So being able to do contact meditation um, is has been a game changer mm, amazing thank you for that explanation i i was <laughs> when i thought you said compact meditation yeah. i was like oh i'm really i'm really interested in what that is but yeah contact as well and that leads me to the last question which is and maybe you already answered this what is your current favorite self-care practice mm. Yeah, I'm just um, taking a sip of my of my matcha. But self care, I would I would say is is that 
is the meditation mm -hmm. the contact meditation yeah beautiful oh okay so where shall we begin i i think i would love to start with asking you about what initially led you to nutrition i know that you shared in your intro that you sort of been unlearning how like everyone else is doing it or diving into it but can you take us back to the beginning of mm -hmm. when your interest in nutrition spiked and you decided to follow that path <clears throat> yeah that was a few years ago now i guess 2016 yeah it would be it would have been 2016 um, I did the paramedic program at a local college, like where I lived here in Kitchener. Um, and through that program, being a student, you have to do X amount of hours with the local paramedic service. So you have to actually go out and run these calls and act as if you were employed um, in, in that city, wherever you're doing your, your like clinical hours. Mm -hmm. And I... I just always felt that, like, I, I knew from the from the get-go that I wanted to help people. Felt very connected with nature and with animals, and so, like, that's just what I felt like I was going to do after this whole university thing happened. I only went to university for, like, a year and a half, and I'm like, fuck this. This, this is awful. Like, I don't agree with university, <laughs> and you just go there, get a piece of paper, and then society is like, okay, you're done now, and you have all this debt, and yeah. you can't really get a job, so I'm like, screw this. Yeah. Um, and so as a student, I saw that people just weren't healthy. And I'm like, why am I taking you to a hospital? They don't really get you well there either. They just give you medication. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't aware. Again, I, I didn't have the awareness that there was another choice that I could make. Um, I just saw all these people and inside me, I really felt that there was something else. I just didn't know what it was, right? I didn't have the awareness at that time. So I'll tell you a story of this one patient where I still think about to this day, where I know for a fact that a good bowel cleanse, lots of meditation and um, like just, just lots of love would have really healed this person. And I still think about them to this day because I'm like, if this dude knew how to eat, he would not be having these problems. And he, he's gone now, 100%. Like, this guy's dead. He's not living anymore. But I knew that food could have helped him. I just didn't know what that was at that time. So he calls 911, and, like, abdo pain is what we kind of phrase it. You have to come up with very short, like, abbreviations of things when you're talking over the radio. Um, so if a call comes in, abdo pain, go, go there, open the door. And he's there, like, bent over 90 degrees in complete and utter pain. And mm -hmm. oh, I say, okay, sir, like, what's, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'll just, you know, walk and talk. And he's, like, bent over 90 degrees. Like, just, you could see it telling his face. Like, he was really not feeling well. Um, like, clenching his, his, his belly um, and just, like, locked the door in his house. And I helped him walk to the ambulance. And... As I'm talking to him, I just gave him something for the nausea, for the pain. Um, and as I'm talking to him on the way to the hospital in the back of the ambulance, he tells me that he has this, I forget the name of the condition, but a part of his bowel, like his colon, mm -hmm. the tissue was dying. So it was, being, it was necrotic. So the, the dead tissue was dying and they had to continuously take that chunk of dead tissue out of him surgeries he's had multiple surgeries and he's lost all this weight he even showed me his driver's license which very very overweight for that and now he's like he was my size like i'm only five four 115 pounds and he was my size but he was like like twice that human in the previous driver's license picture and he's telling me that this condition and they don't know what's wrong they don't know what's wrong and i'm like this is like the hospital is not the place the place to take this man, but yet my hands are tied and I can't do anything for him. Mm -hmm. And I felt so awful because I knew that there's something else out there, which is food, which is spirituality, which is meditation, which is getting to the root of these issues, which I'm sure we'll get to in the next, um, in the next podcast, being that this, this diagnosis, I forget the name of what that disease is called, um, this diagnosis was a symptom of many things that he was holding on to. Mm -hmm. The colon is the seat of, of letting go. 
Um, and so there's things that he was holding on to that were literally like killing him on the inside. Literally, I can see this now, but at the time I just didn't know what it was that could have helped him. And what he told me still like shocked me that these doctors, whoever his doctors were, really dropped the ball hard. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, there is no freaking way that you can think as a human being that this is normal. And what he told me was that it took him a week to digest the sandwich. Oh my God. And I'm like, what? like in your right mind makes you think that this is okay and you're not doing anything about it like what yeah. kind of doctors was he seeing and i i just knew to my core that the hospital was not the place to take him but yet my hands were tied i didn't know what else to do so i still think about him to this day and i still know that if he were to come to me now i would have helped him i would have been able to help him now because um you know just by saying that just by having the um, the encounter that I had with him and asking the questions, and getting to know him as what was going on with his health and his history. I would have done some sort of like just very therapeutic, like herbs, warming spices, worked on these deep emotional issues from his past um, and helped him to let go and to see that he's not a bad person. It's just the attachment of that feeling to certain things that may have happened in his past that may have made him think that way but really he is just like me and he has the spiritual awareness and the ability to get into contact with that which he came from which is source energy god whatever you want to call it like he has that within him too he just has to let go of the superimposed counterfeits that we have as humans mm -hmm. um and so that's how i got into nutrition because i'm like food like this guy doesn't yeah. know how to eat. like what is he eating what type of sandwich is it like a wonder bread with um like bologna like no like you don't that's not what you eat that's not even food if it comes in a box it's not food like so that's what really led me to it um oh. because a lot of people that i saw not just that one person but that person obviously sticks out in my head um is that food would help a lot of people if they knew how to eat mm -hmm. <clears throat> that yeah that is like a real that's a really powerful like moment for you to be able to like recognize to like feel this resistance of not like being in the back of the ambulance and not wanting to go there and knowing that like it wasn't going to help like mm -hmm. what doctor here is oh you you've been digesting it takes you a week to digest a sandwich and doesn't like have major red flags it is just yeah I, I completely agree as far as like getting to the root of things is where like the magic can happen and the healing can happen but we as a society seem to just continue to like slap slap more things and band-aids on top of it instead of digging in so that so when you when that happened for you and then you saw other patients as well you decided you wanted to start like looking at food as mm -hmm. the solution right mm -hmm. which i then realized was just kind of the tip of the iceberg and mm -hmm. you can use food to a certain extent it's certainly a foundation but really um i think we'll get to this in the second episode is that you can eat all the healthy food you want but if you are holding on to these emotions and think yourself to be a bad person and you have a, a very negative kind of outlook, um, these, these glasses that are on and this is how you see the world, no good amount of food or juicing is, is going to change that, how you feel. Right. So <clears throat> that was, food is definitely part of it. It's definitely, yeah. But I think it's a small piece and the spirituality is a bigger piece. So I just studied in Toronto. And then once I was done that, like I lived at home um, and then I came back out here because the city is too much for me. I'm more of a nature person. I need trees. <laughs> yeah. um, so then I just came back out here and then that's where I found the NLP piece and I just did that online. Um, and how has like combining NLP with, and we'll get more into that into the second episode, but like really briefly like how has nlp spirituality and the combination of nutrition impacted you 
because I know this is one of the things that I love following you on Instagram for is like you share your own personal stories and your own personal breakthroughs uh, often in connection to like mental health. So like that was, that's a powerful like physical example of like, digestion and colon and stomach and, you know, but I would love to ask you about like how that's impacted you in your journey with mental health as well. So NLP, I feel like has brought me back to spirituality. It mm-hmm. is, um, at least the way the program was, I, I did the online one. I wasn't there in person and got to experience it that way. So for me, it was the bridge that brought me back to realizing um, my deep love for spirituality. Like the fact that I can just be in love, like be in a state of love, right? Like be mm-hmm. love. And that's something I got a glimpse of while I was tree planting, which was the summer um, in between um, university and the nutrition program, university and uh, the paramedic program. I was tree planting and I was basically outside in nature, literally 24 7, working my ass off, sweating (laughs) all day, and your mind just like you're alone. So what do you do? You listen to music and you think and you and you swear and you stub your toe and you get bitten by black flies and like, that's it. That's your day <laughs> for like two, three months. So that NLP was able to bring me back to that place, um, specifically with emotions and how it's impacted me was that I like it again, it, it brought me back because I was separated from my origin, like my actual essence of of my being again of of god or or whatever and i'll just say this now i will say universe essence whatever i feel in the moment because i'm not choosing one specific label to put on it Mm -hmm. as soon as you put a label on something you confine that word or whatever you're describing to that label and you're unable to experience it through other other ways so i'm not choosing to label it as god or essence or universe or whatever um, so NLP was able to bring me back and realize that the degree of my separation from where I originated from, like my true essence, was the exact ratio of the degree of my problems. So I was able to use NLP that led me to back into spiritual practice, which I'm doing right now, is to bring myself closer and closer and closer to my origin and let that emanate from within me and to do that contact meditation um, and notice that my problems go away. Because really, even just saying that, I'm watching my uh, my language, how I'm describing and, and talking to you right now at this moment, mm-hmm. is that, you know, God doesn't have, like, problems. Everything just is. Things happen and they don't happen. And there is no place where we can ever become separate or apart because God is always here. God is present. Um, And the remedy to these quote unquote, um, as my mentor says, these superimposed counterfeits of humanhood is that this meditation, um, being able to go in within the silence of yourself and realize that what you came from um, is that God is already where you are. It's already Mm. here. You already have everything that you need. You already have everything. Um, So that's how it's helped me to change my life because I feel like NLP was the bridge to bring me back. Um, And I used NLP to slowly chip away at what wasn't true for myself and my being I was able to chip away at that using time techniques is I think the most powerful thing because Mm -hmm. you're able to not go back to that specific situation but to get the learnings from it and see how it wasn't your fault and you're not a bad person and to learn right because life is just really um uh, this human experience that we're having is an opportunity and to learn as much as we can <clears throat> about this human experience through these things that either happen or don't happen. Um, and NLP was a way to bring myself back to the spiritual practice. And we are going to see just where it flows from here. 
um, and I really just feel so much love every time I do, mm-hmm. like every time I, I deepen my spiritual practice and, and really bring it back to that, like every day, like, the more and more I do that, um, the more I feel that, and I want to be able to give that to people. I just haven't found, I guess, which way it's going to happen yet. So mm-hmm. I'm like taking a step back and being like, you know what? I'm going to stop feeling like I'm forcing things and really tune into that and listen to that because that's my intuition telling me like I'm running up against a brick wall and nothing is happening for a reason. Um, so yeah, I guess that was a long-winded answer. <laughs> no, no, I, I love, I love, I always love hearing about the way people arrive at like decisions to learn something deeper or yeah, come home to <laughs> A certain part of themselves yeah coming home to yourself is really what people i think are missing and they're constantly looking for something outside of themselves to change when really you need to have that happen within mm-hmm. yourself to change and realize that all you want is that connection to feel like you belong but you need to turn inward for that and society has completely like missed the mark and constantly showing us that we need to look outside for happiness and we need mm-hmm. to look outside for belonging and it's 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 not the case um and so like knowing that when we're looking outside excuse me i feel like i have a a frog in my throat today (laughs) um but when we are like conditioned to look outside of ourselves and um be influenced by looking at others comparing to others etc etc like sometimes I think that I personally have like blocks with food and nutrition and body image and exercise because of that conditioning and um I'm I know I didn't send this question to you but I'm just following my own impulse uh to ask this like what do you think like for someone who is like hesitant to dive into the world of nutrition and like thinking about food in a deeper way and like also combining that to like understanding that like taking care of your body and looking at food as fuel and nourishment and it it can be a spiritual practice as well for someone who's like hesitant or feels this like resistance um I guess I'm talking about myself uh (laughs) feels this resistance um how like what's a good like entry point to like combine those things and start to look at food as a a healing practice mm-hmm. i have glimpses of it and i do well sometimes but then i totally self-sabotage melissa like i i have a weird relationship to food mm-hmm. and i hope that other people listening might be able to to relate and I hope you understand like what I'm asking. I don't know if that was like super clear. Yeah, no, I completely understand. And I think that definitely there's a lot of people that will relate to this. Okay, great. Um, and I really hope that this message gets out there, which is that your beliefs about yourself and about this world are on your plate. Hmm. So I'll say that again, the beliefs about yourself and about this world, um, your beliefs about like spirituality and, and things, the way you look at this world, the type of lenses, the type of glasses that you're wearing is on your plate. So the food that you choose shows that expression of how you feel about yourself. And that resistance could be coming from because you don't want to dive into that. Yeah. You're scared of that because society has not allowed you to feel that and to feel safe with feeling those feelings and yeah. has not allowed you to become aware of which body parts may be affected, which um, is completely like taboo. Mm-hmm. And really being able to tune into that is to be able to trust yourself. And society, uh, specifically, you know, medical community, Western medicine has completely abolished that and said, you know, here's a pill for that. Like, here yeah. you go. Every time someone, that, like, even before they step into the back of the ambulance, I'm remembering certain patients now before they stepped into the back of that ambulance, they already gave their power away to me because I'm this medical authority that is somehow going to tell them how their health is going to go. Yep. Yep. So, you know, the food that you put on your plate um, really reflects how you're feeling about yourself at that moment and being able to create the awareness 
make different choices will help you cultivate further awareness of how you're feeling um, and able to dissect and pick apart what isn't truly you because you are just pure love like that's what you are and humanhood as my mentor calls it as of the books that i've been led to read humanhood has completely covered up that which we actually are and you know western medicine has completely just pushed that aside in this uprising pharmaceutical thing mm -hmm. that people are just giving their power away to when really what we need to do is go within and trust ourselves but really to, to to do that and see what that feels like but that's scary because nobody has ever told us that that's okay oh I feel like that was a mic drop statement <laughs> with the, the like what what you the food you put on your plate or how you feel about yourself is on your plate I can't remember exactly how you worded it but yeah. oh my god mm -hmm. um I <clears throat> I think like for me just to use myself as a personal example like I recently recognized this that it was a program that was running so deep um that it like took me a long time to even recognize it but I have a super bad habit and I've never been public about this but I have a super bad habit of like if I'm in work mode I won't eat I like literally yeah won't eat I'll pack a lunch I'll pack an amazing lunch whatever mm -hmm. I will literally like stall and stall and stall and I didn't know like what that was but I got to the root of it recently and I said like I'm looking at food as a reward instead of fuel mm -hmm. and that alone was like really really powerful for me to learn because of course that results in me eating really late at night before I go to bed which I know is one of the worst things you can do to yourself and then I'm like using it at, is the opposite of like nourishment and the spiritual practice it's like by the time I'm I'm eat I'm so hungry I'm like not even enjoying it it's like it's honestly like binging because you're not able to enjoy yourself mm. Mm -hmm. you're putting what you're putting on your plate says a lot about your beliefs about yourself so let's do something right now if you're willing to go there if I you am. come back to a situation where you may not have been able to um, enjoy yourself or as you said you, like be rewarded to reward yourself mm -hmm. think of a specific situation um, you know the farther back the better as you know with NLP um, can you think of something where that has happened specific situation um. <clears throat> Yeah. What's coming up is like a, something at 12 years old. This is a lot, a live time techniques, but yeah. <laughs> um, mm, yep. And it totally has everything to do with prioritizing other people and putting the spotlight on other people, making sure everyone else is okay. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's reflected on your plate right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the way you choose food and what you're saying, um, you know, packing a great lunch, but then in the moment, not being able to pause and put up that boundary and say, hey, like, I need to eat right now. Um, and to maybe push things aside or ask yourself, okay, what's most important? And I'll just do that. But first I need to eat. Yeah. Care for myself right now. And like, then just putting it aside is really that stress mechanism coming back. And yep. that it's the stress response, cortisol, the kick that our body wants, but it's getting it from the wrong place. But you've done this for so long. This pattern has been going on for so long in the background that this is where you get your energy from. So that's just how what your body knows how to do. So, so is that why the hunger like goes away? Why I literally like mm -hmm. I don't feel hungry because of the cortisol? The, your stress response. Yeah. Stress response. When you're stressed out, when you're running from the tiger, your body doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh. <laughs> 
Oh, well, I know you're taking a break from everything and that you, you don't know what you're going to be doing next or offering next or how you're going to be working with people, but you just, you just like really uncovered something huge for me. And I really think that your statement of like focusing on the plate and inviting other people to look at what is on their plate will like bust open some doors. (laughs) So thank you. Okay. I am not trying to like move quickly through that because I'm embarrassed. I'm like super like grateful to Where's the embarrassment. I'm I'm super grateful to have like used that as an example. The embarrassment comes from like uh yeah, the embarrassment comes from like literally talking about um food at all or my body at all or like what binging does to my to my body, to my habits, whatever. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to use that as an example. I wanted to use it to like be able to learn and also like have a tangible like experience to be able to examine. But yeah, even in my language there, like it's word embarrassment popping up. There's a lot of shame, guilt, and other things attached to that. Like yeah, handing pri- like handing the priority over to other people, the focus, the spotlight over to other people. And even no matter how much I'm learning I do and I'm better at creating boundaries in certain areas of my life, like looking at food as an example to let me know like it's still it's still showing up even when I'm completely alone in my office, right? Like I'm completely alone, I'm completely in control and I'm not letting myself access that. So yeah, it's a little little embarrassing to admit that but like where is the embarrassment like where in your body kind of just close your eyes for a moment take a breath and where's the embarrassment where is it um like it's kind of a slime going back and forth up and down between my stomach and my heart so it's a it's a line what is does the line look like anything does it have a color does it feel rough or smooth or like try and describe it? Um, it's, it's like this, like, you know, like what a pH strip looks like when you like dip it in, it has this like gradient. It's like that. It's like a piece of paper, but it's like testing and it's totally like coming back. So acidic because what I do is I drink a bunch of coffee. <laughs> and then I eat later. Yeah, it further drives the cortisol. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um thank you. You're welcome. I want to get to a couple of questions that came through on Instagram when we first did polls about this and asked people mm-hmm. what they wanted to know. Um, some of the questions will be saved for the next episode. Um, but are there any warning signs of like mental health symptoms, um, that can be impacted by nutrition? And I don't know, like the best way to word that, that's the way it came through. But like, if someone is feeling like, let's say for example depression like if there are if if there is like depression going on can they trace to their food and what they're eating that symptom of depression so this it's very hard to answer i'm just going to do the best i can because of how general the question is and um i feel like this person whoever they are they'll probably still know who they are because it's a good question um and that is I'm I'm gonna sort of, I guess, touch on the areas that will be covered in our next episode. And that is Mm -hmm. one way of eating is only gonna apply to one person. Like there's 7.7 billion people in this world, I think last time I checked. Therefore there's 7.7 billion different ways to eat. There is a good foundation, however, in which there will be different different, um, variations stemming from that foundation is to eat from the earth, mostly plants and some meat like animal animal meat um simply because of the fact that the nutrients the protein uh, specifically the protein is more bioavailable Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And so with that question, I mean, the only way to know if there's certain things that are popping up for a person is to be tracking it. Like you need to track your food and, you, and your mood together and your habits and your water consumption and your sleep and your feelings. Because okay. I'll, I'll give a specific example for context uh, so that people can kind of understand my, my words, my rabbit hole, <laughs> the way I say <laughs> things. Um, so with context, um, for the longest time, I was resisting what my father was telling me to do was to get off gluten, to get off dairy. Um, my father, he was telling me this since like high school. Um, he pursues the paleo diet like very, very strictly, which again, as we'll get to in the next episode, can push you on the other side of the spectrum and be um, unhealthy if you're too healthy. So he would tell me get off food and get off dairy. So now fast forward a few years later where I actually realize that this is affecting my health and it's not just gluten and dairy are, are evil. It's the fact that the modernization of these foods is what's yep. doing it. It's the pesticides, yep. not the food themselves is what I really believe that's going on. Yep. Um, so like GMOs and glyphosate and all that stuff. So I finally removed um, gluten specifically. We'll talk about that. Um, the only way to know if something is affecting you is if you're you're tracking yourself. This is go back goes back to that piece again of of that situation that you um, shared with us. Is that how am I going to know if this is blood sugar related because of the cortisol, or because if it's maybe a food sensitivity? Like mm -hmm. I'm not going to know that unless you track that. But you have to trust yourself to track that first. Mm -hmm. So with NLP and blending all these things together, you're able to chip away at what isn't your true essence to order uh, in order to figure out what's going on at the human foot level. Um, and so with, with gluten, for me, once I eliminated that, eliminated that for good, because I haven't had that in, I don't remember the last time I had like gluten, wheat. Um, and that was through lots of trial and error of quote unquote binging and like hating myself and then feeling bad and then resenting and more binging and all that stuff, that all that cycle. Like that's, I moved through that. It took about a year, two years to move through those things um, and get to a place where I'm at now where it's like, this is not good for my body. And I don't give a shit what other people say, or even I'm not even tempted to eat it at all zero nothing no temptation because when i eat gluten i will get a uti i will get angry i will get constipated and i'll get suicidal oh my goodness if i eat gluten even just like one i'm not saying like one crumb okay i'm not like allergic to it but yeah. it affects me to my core that i know what it's doing it's doing to my gut it's doing to my brain it's doing to my neurotransmitters because most of your neurotransmitters like serotonin comes from your in intestines, your, your microbiome. So I know that if I'm feeling so like hating life and suicidal and not myself because of something I ate 24 hours prior, I'm not eating that food ever again because this is not truly white. No. So there's, there's no way to say that unless you're tracking your food and your mood and really everyone a good basis to start is to eliminate those two things because of the modernization of those two things. Um, specifically dairy is a bit of a different story. I know there's a lot of controversy over it and all this stuff, but gluten for sure is really hard to, I guess they're both hard to get off of for two different reasons, but gluten is, is blue. It turns into like a glucose bomb in your mouth that turns off the dopamine and you feel happy and the blood sugar rush and then you crash and then you're feeling cravings again. So you reach for that and you reach for it, you reach for it, you reach for it. Oh my God. But yeah. until you remove it, you're never going to see what it's truly doing to you. And I was depressed. I'm telling you, like, I wanted to kill myself when I was like six or seven years old. Mm. So that food has been damaging my gut for this long. And when I have yeah. this one bite now, that's the desert. Yeah. I also don't, I have been off of gluten since I was um, 20, so I'm going to be 28 in July, and like same thing, if I have a crumb, it's no problem, um, 
yeah. celiac, but like yeah. for me, it was insane stomach aches, insane bloating, insane yeah. headaches, insane yeah. uh, brain fog. Yeah. And like when I eliminated it, I was like, what? <laughs> like, why would this, do, why would food do this to my body? And my dad is a farmer, an organic farmer, and he talked oh, a lot he about it. <laughs> talked a lot about like the way like wheat has been yes modified over the years yeah. to like for population purposes mm-hmm. which is so interesting and scary and terrifying mm-hmm. and a lot of people I've met people that have the same sort of sensitivity to corn or corn syrup yep. they can't touch yep. corn because of the way that's been modified yep. maltodextrin high glucose corn syrup yeah. all these other names for corn it's and and i'm just thinking like is it the pesticides or is it the food because glyphosate is a whole different story yeah um pesticides like big companies like monsanto like yep. things like that we bare bought them the last yep. Yeah. yep in the last episode actually i interviewed my dad and his partner out on there <gasps> oh, I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah, I'm gonna listen to it because we touch on that briefly, and he talks about like remineralization of the soil and the body. Yeah. Like, yep. Yes, we're kind of on a yeah, we're on a a food um, organic farming kick in these last couple episodes, which is amazing, and I'm so into it because it's all connected. But like, yeah, like when you learn that a pharmaceutical company bought Monsanto, like, it's all just part of the cycle. It's all part of, like, let's get them at the food, so they have to come into the doctor. Like, what the fuck? Like, okay. You're creating the problem and the solution, and people are giving their power away to that. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah, you need to go listen to that and let me know what you think, but I, um, and also, like, just to ask you, like, I, I also cut out dairy personally because I recognized I was tracking it and I recognized um like breakouts like really specific yes. hormonal breakouts and yes. I was wondering driven like it affects people okay wanting to balance your hormones get off dairy because it's it's the hormones that are in the animals that yes. produce the yes. cheese cream yes. milk whatever right yeah yeah and so it's like, the fat so the fat is where all the mm-hmm. toxins are concentrated. Okay. And you're, you know, the antibiotics and the hormones and like the growth hormone and the, and the whatever that they're putting in the cows, that's, that's concentrated in the fat cells. So that's what you use when you make dairy, like butter, you know? Yeah. And if it's pasteurized, you're killing all these enzymes that you're needing to digest it. But us humans, after two years old, we stop producing this enzyme because our body knows innately how we were created from source was that we we drink our mom's food juice. <laughs> we don't drink a cow's liquid. Like we drink our mom's food juice. And then after two years old, like, okay, we're on to solid foods now and our, our digestive system can work with with solids and salad and these things different fibers and stuff like we weren't evolved to drink like cat milk right oh my god oh (laughs) i was just i was with um my mom recently and she uses cream in her coffee and i just had a sip and i literally can tell now it's been like a year that i've cut it out and i can tell when i have like creamer for example I don't know how to explain it, but it's going to sound ridiculous, but I literally feel like I taste like I'm (laughs) like under the udder of a cow. Like I feel like I can taste the cow. Yeah, because think about it this way. So this is a a cow's milk, right? You have buffalo milk, milk, whatever. But that milk is meant for their baby. So it's a bonding experience, just like as the mom bonds with her baby. So that's why people could have an addiction to um to dairy because it's like a bonding thing and you're still craving that you're craving that love from your mother and you're getting it through food and then you can see that on your plate so it's this bonding experience that like that has to come from yourself honey it can't come from food (laughs) my gosh melissa you are blowing my mind you are blowing my mind and you're gonna blow so many other people's minds and this is just proof that like 
nutrition and food, it's all interconnected. Even if you don't think you're participating in it, you absolutely are. And Mm -hmm. it is, it is like, yeah. Okay. Whoa. Oh, I, I think we have to leave it there for now. We're going to dive way deeper into the mindset side of things when Melissa comes back onto the second podcast. I want to keep talking. I know. I'm so sorry. We just got to the good part. We just got to the good part, but I have a call in in 10 minutes and Mercury retrograde made us start late today. Um, But okay. So for the next three minutes, we have three minutes to sum up. So like, is there any final words that you would like to share of like sending people on their way with takeaways before we have the next episode? Mm-hmm. I would love to note two things, um, to listen to a podcast episode that talks about dairy specifically. Um, go follow Dr. G on Instagram. If you have not already, what are you doing with your life? Um, and Organic Olivia, because I think in our second episode, we're going to talk about the energetics of things, and that's a lot about <clears throat> what she is, so <clears throat> go follow Dr. G, and I'll send you a message to give the links to put in, like, your show notes or whatever, so people can click on and know exactly Perfect. what you to watch, so Amazing. go follow Dr. G, watch his episode, it's called Danger of Dairy, Vegan Cheese, uh, it's episode number seven. And um, I'll give you a link to Organic Olivia. <clears throat> and it basically talks about, he, he dives deep into dairy. So it's fantastic. But also the second thing to note is to look at Canada's food guide. They took out dairy, mm. took it out. It's half the plate of vegetables. Then you've got um, plant-based sources of protein with a little bit of animal products and um some grains and and starches sources of starches they took out dairy wow so i'm kind of sitting here like what are those dietitians doing Hmm, because that's what they're taught (laughs) and not i'm not slamming all dietitians like to kind of classify one group of people based on one thing is completely like not okay um but it's i'm just saying in a general sense because that's what dietitians are taught from the industry they're taught from the dairy farmers and a lot of people are feeling the pushback because the industry has lost so much money. I think it was, I notes here saying from the, um, the heal thyself. That's the name of Dr. G's podcast. Heal thyself is that in 2018, the dairy industry lost $1.1 billion. So oh it's like, just follow the money. And I'm sure your father can attest yeah. to a lot of things on the, um land farming sort of thing which is super awesome that your dad is an organic farmer like that is so freaking cool Um, but just those two things to listen to that since we touched on dairy and um just to note how Canada's food guide has changed like that's incredible and like Melissa just to give you context like I live in Wisconsin the dairy state and like we pride ourselves on cheese like I live less than 30 miles away from a place called Mars Cheese Castle like it's it's deep it's it's wild and like just think about it the commercials and stuff as a kid like the dairy mustache and it's like milk does the body good and it's like you're drinking your animal's juice yep but they pushed it hard enough that you're con- we were conditioned to believe like calcium, calcium, calcium. It's a huge factor for just one last thing before we go for uh, breast cancer, for hormonal issues, as you as you noted that before. Yeah. Um, dairy, there's lots of studies and you can just note it's not enough to look at the title anymore, but you need to look at who's writing it and if there's any conflict of interest. Um, because a lot, there's a lot of that going on in pharmaceutical drugs, but milk affects your hormones and blood sugar. So that's another thing with mental health. Blood sugar often masks itself as depression, anxiety, like manic depressive episodes, because your blood sugar mm-hmm. is off. Like, mm-hmm. like stabilize that. Make sure you're eliminating every day, drinking your fluids, this and that, and that's it'll go away. Like you don't just give. Nobody has a Prozac deficiency like there's no such thing it's like a Zoloft, Prozac, Ativan, Ritalin deficiency mm-hmm. so I'll just leave it at that okay bye Mike 
Mic drop. Okay, bye. See you in the next podcast. Oh my gosh, I need you to come back really soon for yeah we this we talk about nlp we just created the most massive open loop melissa so Mm -hmm. we will close that loop in the next episode until then go into the show notes find melissa's handle on instagram send us both dms emails whatever it is let us know what resonated with you reach Mm -hmm. out and let us know if any like more questions specific questions if you have examples about your own life and you have questions like send them our way so we can address them in the next episode we want to set you all up for success as we go into spring this is a time of growth and like reawakening we're coming out of hibernation and we want to take care of you and hold space for you and support you so this is an open table come and talk to us um Thank you so much, Melissa, for being here. Sorry to cut it off when we got into like the real juicy stuff. I appreciate the people hanging. They're gonna come back more. Oh yeah, they sure are. Okay, thank you everyone for tuning in, and we will catch you in the next episode.